Welcome to Season 4 of The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about harnessing the power of data to improve the customer experience. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Kaz Oda, CEO and co-founder at Treasure Data, one of the leading customer data platforms. Kaz, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me today, Greg. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this this topic with you. Um, but before yeah. we get started, um, why don't we get started with you giving a little background on Treasure Data for those that may not be already familiar with it. Sure. Treasure Data provides CDP customer data platform. We specifically help global enterprise brands to achieve what we call connected customer experiences. And, you know, I started this company 12 years ago. It was just three people. Now that we have 700 people across 20 uh, uh, countries, so quite a lot of growth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, some some phenomenal growth there. Um, so let's, yeah, let's, let's dive in here. So um, there's a very famous infographic for any of us in the marketing technology world uh, by Scott Brinker of Chief Martech mm-hmm. that outlines the marketing technology landscape that's grown over the years. So I think, you know, the latest version has over 8,000 different platforms listed on it. And yeah. as you and, and I well know, that, that number continues to grow, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's, uh, you know, while not all companies use even a small fraction of those 8,000 or even the categories that they represent. There's still a lot of fragmentation out there. So I want yeah. to talk about that a little bit. Sure. Um, so, you know, companies rarely have the issue of not having enough data to work with, but usually the opposite. They have too many systems, too many platforms, and just too much data in general to really make meaningful conclusions from. What are, what are some of the challenges that this causes? Yeah, sure. You know, I personally am a consumer too, right? Okay, yeah. for example, uh, one day I got this notification from one of my internet cable providers saying, hey, finally, uh, fiber is available in your area. I was so excited by working remotely so long, right? Yeah. So I immediately called Connex Center, needed to wait like 30 minutes. They didn't know about my plan. They're asking my phone number, even though uh, I'm calling from my phone. Right. They, they didn't know about that fiber plan. I was so frustrated. So I went to the uh, retail store for that cable provider shop. And then same story happened. I needed to wait. They're asking my phone number. They didn't know about that fiber plan, right? Yeah. So really the challenge is, okay, you have to treat the customer in any of the channels you have. Otherwise... Consumers are now getting more digitalized and then getting used to all the experiences you're getting from like Google, Amazon, Facebook over the world. You have to catch up with that, right? Yeah. Otherwise, they will switch your brand. Yeah, yeah. So what's the, uh, the I'm sure there's there's a lot to, that companies need to do, but you know, what's what's some of the best ways for companies and brands to solve some of these these challenges that solve you know basically the one of the problem that you just described which i'll definitely say i think we can all relate to yeah so according to mckinsey uh 60 of customer journey is now happening in the digital world 
this gets tripled after pandemic, right? So every company on the earth right now has to understand the customer by data and using the data to personalize the experience. And then the marketing technology has evolved from single channel to omni-channel. And now customer experience is becoming more like corporate-wide, what we call omni-department, right? So every executives of any major brand has to take this as a number one priority. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and you know, at the end of the day, brands need to tie their customer data together in order to gain more value out of it, both for the business as well as the customer. Uh, what do customers have to gain? I mean, you know, brands can can better utilize. They know who needs what, when, and 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 they can they can do that more easily. But what do customers have to gain when companies are able to more meaningfully use their data? Yeah, so I think there are two ways. Like one is okay, you can get more personalized offer, personalized experience. You know, at the right time, at the right moment, right? Yeah. So that's just a, definitely the benefit for the customer. And then brands shouldn't spam a lot of marketing messages for them, right? So you can also control the frequency you're communicating with the customer. That's a benefit for the consumer side. Also, at the same time, customer can get more transparency about how the data gets used, right? So a lot of consumers are now concerned about, okay, I'm giving this my, my data to this brand. How is this data gets used, right? So I think by consolidating customer data, in a transparent way, you can provide more trust and then transparency for the consumer. So I think those two are the main benefits for the consumers. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And so as brands do this and they, they do this better, they, you know, they're stitching together this data better, they're providing better customer experiences. How do brands measure and understand how well they're doing with, you know, with, with collecting and with uh, really putting together the this customer data with with the data they collect you know what are what are some of the metrics that they can use to help them continue to improve in their ability to use customer data successfully yeah you know i would say this is really simple from um, you know ceo point of view they you know at the end of the day looking for financial result right yeah so we yeah. see some brands using customer data to get hundreds of millions of dollars of margin and revenue increase at the same time, bottom side, like, uh, you know, making more organization more efficiently and then the, you know, successfully reducing the cost of hundreds of millions of dollars. So that's what ultimately executives are looking for. Yeah. But I think for the specifically, you know, marketing department, service department, sales department, they can look at a little more sub KPIs, right? Okay. Uh, for marketing, it's probably around like customer acquisition, retention uh, for service, ENP, uh, sorry, NPS, net promoter score, yeah. and also the sales, maybe conversion rate or customer satisfaction rate, right? So I think there are some departmental KPIs and then the corporate-wide KPIs. Yeah, definitely. Um, so now let's talk, dive in a little deeper here and talk about uh, this this changing marketing technology landscape from a from a few perspectives, and the, the first sure. you touched on a little bit, um, talking about consumer data privacy and, and data regulation in general, which is you know it's certainly um, GDPR and, and the EU has been mm-hmm. uh, doing a lot there, but there's a lot going on elsewhere, whether that's the state of California or, or elsewhere throughout the world. Right. What effect is this currently having on marketers and their ability to deliver personalized, relevant experiences despite, you know, consumers wanting that, that privacy? Yeah, so this is a great, um, you know, topic, you know. 
um, last 10 years or so, 150 out of 200 countries has implemented the consumer data protection laws, right? Starting yeah. from GDPR, you mentioned CCPA, even in like state in the United States, they implemented a specific one too, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's also this like a general concerns about like consumers worried about how the, you, their data gets used, right? Yeah. So the trend we're seeing is, okay, 10 years ago, from technology point of view, it was a big data era. So every technology company, brand, collect everything about your consumers and use the data wherever you want. Yeah. But now with all these regulations, you have to first get the consent from the customer how the data gets used, right? So starting from a cookie consent where you get a little bit of pop-up when you go to a website, but about the email, about any communication channels, you have to get the consent from the consumer. And then the brand has to make sure the way data gets used is actually following that consent, right? Yeah. So that's actually a really uh, interesting and difficult from technology point of view. And uh, that's why, you know, a lot of marketing technology companies and data company uh, even struggle to get the adoption of the enterprise level. Because what I see right now is a lot of personalization, customer experience project is happening alongside with the privacy project. Mm-hmm. And that too has to come together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's 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 interesting how they are. They seem... Um, opposed to one another but they're to your point they're they're actually being done hand in hand and i I think that's actually a a positive thing right and if you look at the market landscape data is the fastest growing area of segment but then the second one is privacy and then we always think those are the two sides of the coin right it's not like it's a separate problem you have to solve it all yeah yeah absolutely looking at you know I, i mentioned that the the Info infographic with the eight thousand um, marketing technology platforms and all that. You know, just one curious your thoughts here is, what do you think is one of the more like overhyped areas of marketing technology that um, may get be getting a lot of attention but uh, may not be worth the attention that it's that it's getting right now. <laughs> yeah, this is an interesting question. You know, I always make this mistake as a technologist where, okay, yeah. I, you know, uh, underlooked something and then later on it becomes really popular. So really hard to make a yeah. comment. Yeah. But I would say, you know, right now there's too many vendors, as you mentioned, right? And too many categories. But, I mean, you have to really think about what's important for you first right? What's important for your customer. So don't think about like solution first, right? So there are 8,000 vendors trying to, you know, get into your company and use them. But again, you know, I was talking with um, one CMO who said, oh, I actually bought 20 solutions last year. Wow. And only two are working right now. So I'm ripping off 18. That's like, I don't know if that's a good approach, right? You know, you're spending so much time and energy and money yeah. for those solutions, and then you're getting like 10% of solution working, right? So I, I always advise like, okay, problem first, solution next, right? Don't be confused uh, with the, the way you uh, introduce new vendors. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I, in, in addition to 
just the time to implement and integrate from a technology standpoint. It's also there's there's people that are there's processes that need to be created around new tools, and there's you know people that are spending a, a lot of time on using those tools as well. So yeah, definitely, um, right. definitely, definitely takes some careful consideration. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Uh, so the flip side to that, that last question, what do you think is an area that is not getting enough attention and that marketers should maybe be paying a little more attention to? Yeah, so, I mean, I would say, as I mentioned, um, custom experience became from single channel to omni-channel, yeah. and then it's becoming a corporate way, right? So I was talking with a lot of marketing leader who only thinks about like experiences in this marketing channel, but you know, borrowing my example of this uh, cable company, yeah. internet company, customer experience is everywhere, right? In the service, uh, contact center, and you can also make logistics uh, efficient for your consumers, right? So a lot of conversation with CMO right now is I actually started seeing some of the contact center is reporting to marketing and then yeah. marketing. Uh, leader like CMO is in charge of more channels, right? So that's probably something you want to take a look at to yeah. see, you know, okay, Connex Center is all about efficiency, right? How to make the calls shorter. But, okay, is it an opportunity to sell, cross-sell, upsell more products yeah. at the same time? That's the last channel you're calling in. So how can we prevent the churn? Right. So just think outside of marketing and think about customer experience. That's one area I would like to recommend. Yeah. The other things I noticed is, you know, there's this like a general fear about recession next year. And I was talking with a lot of marketing leader and a company who has more than 10 billion plus in revenue yeah. will decrease uh, the marketing budget next year. Yeah. Right, because they just don't see the, uh, the the growth next year, and also I think a company is cutting a lot of costs. Right, and marketing is where you know you cut the cost first. Right, at the same time, within our survey, uh, we also observed that the percentage of your budget spent for analytics has actually been increasing dramatically last six months to nine months period of time. So what that means is. Your total budget is decreasing, but your investment into data is increasing. And I was asking why. So now, um, you know, I found out the CEOs are actually now demanding a lot more transparency, return on return, improved customer acquisition cost, right? So traditionally, marketing is a little more black box. And when digital comes in, it becomes a little more transparent. Now, customer experience becoming a lot of omni-channel. So I think marketing leader has to embrace the technology to show the really the ROI of all of the campaigns so that, okay, those campaigns actually generate more money than others so that eventually you become more efficient. Do you think that that's... Um... Would you say that CEOs and even COOs and, and other, other execs in... Um, and, and leaders in the org are getting more sophisticated in regards to marketing then? I think so. I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, it's all about funnels, right? So marketing yeah. in general, you know, creates awareness, gets some lead, trying to convert into more contact, and then sales will close. 
and then customer success or support will grow that loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if you're a CEO, CEO, you have to optimize this funnel from the top to bottom with the least amount of money, right? And so they would like to see every day that funnel efficiency, conversion rate in each stage yeah. is improving. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, um, let's switch gears here a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about your own background and, and story, which which is pretty remarkable. Um, you moved to the United States without uh, knowing how to speak English and overcame not only that obstacle, um, which yes. I, <laughs> that, kudos to you for for your bravery there. And, um, you know, then went on to co-found Treasure Data as its CTO. Uh, you raised 234 million by SoftBank right. and uh, grew Treasure Data from 5 million ARR in two years to over 25 million over the first five years. Yeah, what has you know what has been your biggest motivation as you've achieved all of this? Yes, I was probably born as an entrepreneur. My parents run this little pharmacy business. Yeah, so I was just looking at them running the business every day, right? And um, I started the first company when I was 21st, and uh, that was in Japan. So we grew from maybe five people to 40 people without taking any VC money. So I have to be more profitable all the time, right? But then I had an opportunity to work with Silicon Valley-based company who were VC-backed. And they scaled from like five people to 500 people in three, four years. And I was like, okay, I need to be here and build a global software business because software can be used anywhere, not just in Japan, right? So I come to the States and obviously I was 25, nothing to lose, couldn't speak English, but, you know, I can learn a lot. So that's, uh, you know, how we started the company. And we got a lot of luck. So, you know, we just got, you know, first set of angel investor, but I pitched like, I don't know, 50 investors and then they all denied. But we got this one guy called Bill Tai who seeded the initial money. He actually is the angel investor for Zoom, for example, or Canva, right? So he saw the rise of data at that time. It's like a 12 years ago and also the club. So initial idea of a product was, you know, why don't we provide data analytics infrastructure in the cloud so that everyone can start analyzing the data? Uh, okay. Actually, my background was HPC, high-performance computing. My professor, when I was in university, built the world's fastest supercomputer. And uh, I was a part of the team to build the file system for that supercomputer. So I had a lot of experience of handling a lot of uh, large amount of data, right? So that gave me the opportunity to, okay, why don't we bring this to the cloud? And at that time, investors were like, okay, who will throw away the data to the cloud, right? Because cloud is just uh, in its early days. And guess what? Everyone is now doing it, right? So we won that bet and, you know, later on, we also find out a lot of our customer is using our product to analyze customer data. And then marketing is the end user to analyze customer data. So around 2016, we found this little category called CDP, customer data platform, and decided to go all for it. And since then, we became a 
CDP customer data platform company and empowering 400 world's largest brands. But all, at some point of the time, there were some tough challenges. Like maybe yeah. in the early yeah. days, we were running out of money in three months, right? But uh, we successfully closed big clients. So it's a long journey we came in. Yeah, no, that's great. And yeah, as, as you were saying that, I was wondering, you know, the CDP category really hasn't been around for that long. So it sounds like you kind of, um, you know, found your way into it. Is that is that right? Yeah. So, you know, when we started calling ourselves a CDP, it's just maybe, I don't know, a few vendors. Now we have yeah. 150 in the category. Mm. Everyone started saying we're CDP, but, you know, look at this. Uh, we're the number one cdp vendor in terms of uh, market share yeah, so that's great well yeah great great story there and um obviously you've had you've had much success so um congratulations on on that so one one last question before we uh wrap up here um you know what to kind of go back to the the first points that we were we were talking through mm -hmm. from a from a brand perspective what's a what's one piece of advice that you would have for marketers that you know, they may be struggling a bit. They, they've got plenty of customer data, but they're they're struggling to make the best use of, of their customer data as they navigate the months ahead. Right. I mean, you know, we talked about the rise of, you know, digital channels, privacy concerns, and also next year we may experience the budget decrease yeah. Yeah. Uh, because of the, you know, possible recession, Right. Of all these combined, I would say using customer data is how you approach these trends and problems. Yeah. Yeah. But I always recommend marketing leaders to think about what is actually customer want, right? What are the experience you want? And maybe you try the competitor's product or experience that might be good, that might be not good, right? <laughs> so, yeah. you know... Um, I always talk with this marketer, hey, I want to have CDP, but it's like, why, <laughs> right? What are the types of campaign you want to run? What are the types of experience you want to provide? Without that answer, it's really hard for us to help, to be honest, right? We know the technology, we know the market landscape, but without the vision of how you want to treat the customer, yeah. it's really hard to make a success together. Right. So using customer data is just, um, you know, the tool. And it's always about like think from the goal. That's just one piece of advice. Great. Great. Well, Kaz, thanks so much for joining the show. For those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing at Treasure Data? Of course. Yeah. So we have a website, um, www.treasuredata.com. Again, www.treasuredata.com. So please visit our website. And also for me personally, uh, search Kazuki Ota on LinkedIn. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Kaz Oda, CEO and co-founder at Treasure Data for joining the show. Thanks for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkillstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile.